Hey, 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 welcome back to the House of Trauma podcast. You already know who it is. It is me, your favorite podcast host, Kiana Breanne. Now let's get into it. Dear black people, it's about time we wake the fuck up. I'm going to tell you, in case nobody has ever told you, ignorance is not bliss. It leads to poor decisions, poor actions, and terrible consequences that have a negative impact on the quality of life for our community. When I first started this podcast, I said I was going to touch on the topics that we, as a black community, either choose to ignore and sweep under the rug, or we just flat out act like they don't even exist. And that's the problem. Now, I'm not here to point fingers or call names or make anybody feel less than, right? But what I am here to do, give you the raw, uncut, and sometimes untold truth about the things we choose to not speak about in the black community. Because we are in desperate need of some self-love and healing. And I know at this point, self-love healing trauma are probably all words and terms that have been overused on Beyonce's internet (laughs) right however it doesn't make it any less true that that's really what it is that we need because at this point we're divided and we're not just divided in men versus women light versus dark we're just divided as a whole because we can't seem to come to one consistent consensus because we're broken yeah that's right as a black community we're broken and y'all know I love a good definition so let's break it down broken having been fractured or damaged and no longer in one piece or in working order we are not in one piece we are not a unit we are not cohesive Most of us couldn't stick together if they gorilla glued us together. Like, be for real. Now, broken definition number two. A person having given up all hope or despairing. Majority of y'all have given up hope. I've had conversations with other black people who have given up hope. Who have already decided in their mind, we'll never be a unit. We'll never come together as a community and really stick together and, and, and thug it out. Shit. But I don't believe that. I believe that we are more than capable of becoming whole. Because we're greater in numbers. And it is critical. I cannot stress this enough. It is critical that we get on one accord. So again, I'm not here to bash our community. Right? Fist in the air, black power, period. I'm not here to do that. That's that's not what I'm here to do. That's never, ever been my agenda, nor will it ever be. But what I am here to do is address the issues plaguing this community that is stopping us from coming together as one. The sooner we break these wicked ties, the sooner we can rebuild and restructure our world. So you may be thinking to yourself, okay, girl, like you're, you're saying a lot right now, but how do we accomplish such a drastic change? 
So I have to ask you, with anything you want to change in your life, I mean, absolutely anything, what is it that you must do first? First and foremost, acknowledge there is a problem. See, I think the reason there is such a huge unwillingness to change within our community is because half of y'all don't even acknowledge that there's a problem. You've lived this way for so long, you think that this is just how it is. But it's not just how it is. It's not how it should be or it's not how it has to be. And I don't want to really speak on any other race or any other ethnic group in comparison to us because again this this is not about them this is about us and I want the focus to remain the focus however I will say this a lot of times people reference how every other ethnic or racial group every other racial group are able to stick together for the most part And we're unable to stick together um, in most instances because we're too busy going against each other that we're too blind to see that we're really one and the same. So just a personal example as an analogy. Um, I tell a lot of people that I know I'm going to be a billionaire and I know I'm going to have a private jet and I know I'm going to have a mansion with a pool in the backyard and I know I'm going to have all these things with my Range Rover autobiography with the red interior. Like I know I'm going to have these things because I've seen other people with these things and why should they have better than me, right? So let me unpack that. Why, what makes somebody else better than you? What makes them deserve more than you what qualified them to have all these things and you feel like okay they can have these things but these things are completely out of my reach completely out of my grasp because I can't think of nothing I can't think of one person on this earth who deserves more than what I deserve I can't think of one person on this earth who deserves better than me who is better than me and vice versa I'm not saying I'm better than anybody or I deserve better than anybody. So that puts us, when you look at it from that aspect, it puts us on an even playing field. And so when I ask people these questions, it's usually in reference to them wanting something, but feeling like they can't have something because it's not something that they're used to having, used to seeing people around them have. So they just think that that's how it is and how it's supposed to be. So they're not putting in the extra effort to change the circumstance to have the things that they really want because they feel like that this is just how life is supposed to be for me and that's how life is supposed to be for them. No. And so on the grand scale of things, we as a community have an unwillingness to change because we don't see it as a problem. We just see it as how it's always been and how it's always going to be. And I got an issue with that. Do you got an issue with that? It is our complacency and ignorance that leads to generational after generational after generational curse. That leads to genealogical trauma and self-hate. For me personally, once I begin to grow and heal and really begun to build 
my relationship with God. And I stepped outside of what had been my normal for 20 plus years of my life, right? And I stepped outside that box for a while. And then I stepped back in. And not because in a way of like, oh, I'm, I'm coming back to doing the same old thing, same old thing. No. Like, I stepped back in, but now looking through a lens of an outsider and not as a, a teammate, you know? And I'm looking at things, I'm witnessing things, I'm hearing things. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, I used to think this shit was normal too. I used to not see issues with certain things that were going on, especially if it was like a consistent action, like within my family or like within my neighborhood, within my community, because it just seemed like things that were normal. It just seemed like like shit that just happened. Right. I didn't know anything outside of these things happening. But once I was able to step outside that box, turn around and look down inside that box, I'm like, this shit is actually crazy. In my my podcast episode 53206, I really describe what it was like to grow up in a poverty-ridden ghetto where things were completely wild and unhinged 99% of the time. But I had become almost conditioned or desensitized. That's the word I'm looking for. I had become desensitized to certain devastating and traumatic things that were happening around me that when they happened it was just like oh shit not again or oh shit wow again should have known this was gonna happen like that that was almost my response every time so I remember at my childhood home where we grew up on 10th and ring if you look out any of the back windows um there it's the backyard and then it's like an alleyway and then it's other people's houses um you know across from the alleyway like their backyards so on that way was 9th street so there was this house on the corner on 9th street and they will always have parties and we would just call them the 9th street parties because fuck that's what was going on on 9th street and every night like clockwork right i don't know maybe two o'clock in the morning gunshots would ring and a little while later, I mean a while later, you would hear sirens. But it was like a every single week type of thing on Saturday. So after a while, when the gunshots were ring, there's not even a need for panic. Because we know that they're shooting in the party. So nine times out of ten, we're probably safe. And I'm just like, damn, another person shot, another person did. Fuck, they shooting up the party again. It's just like whatever. Like it's no longer alarming to us. But something like that should be a cause for alarm. But again, we get in these vicious cycles and we repeat and repeat and repeat generation after generation, year after year, time after time. And no one ever says stop. No one ever decides to stop. 
or walk away or do better or have these tough conversations because this, my people, is an issue. And it's one of the main reasons we can't fight the real enemy because we're too busy fighting ourselves and not just physically fighting each other, but mentally fighting our own selves. You see, until I was 18 years old, therapy was never talked about. And even after I turned 18, therapy only became an option for me because I went away to college. And once I found out that it was something free that they offered on campus and it was completely anonymous, I would go to therapy and I would not even tell anybody that I was going to therapy because it just wasn't a conversation. And it was never like, you know, my friends or family was like, oh, no, therapy, that's not something that black people do. Like, no, it was never that conversation, but it wasn't something that was openly discussed and encouraged. And I'm sure that many people can relate that you potentially cannot think of anybody in your life that lets you know that if you were having issues and any adult in your life, any elder, that if you were having deeply rooted pain and trauma, that therapy was an option for you. Did they? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but think back. How many people in your young life, from birth to 18, let you know that therapy was an option? And even now, I know grown adults in their 30s and 40s who are fighting to go to therapy. And do you know why that is? And it's, it's, I don't even think at this grown age is so much so that it's frowned upon because at this day and age, it's actually not frowned upon. But so many of us have spent so many years fighting these demons that we just comfortable to let them stay. Show hands for everybody who made friends with the voices inside of their head. <laughs> yeah, I made friends with the voices inside of my head too. Fighting these demons alone because most of us were raised to believe that we're just supposed to get through it. Just get through the pain because that's what your mama did. Just endure the sorrow because that's what your grandmother did. Just keep pushing and working through the depression because that's what your daddy did. As a matter of fact, he never even spoke about it. And you know what? Most times none of us ever speak about it. We were forced to believe that emotions made us weak. And we were required to accept that some things just are not black people things. As if emotional distress had a certain race or ethnicity attached to it. So we go on and we push through and we ignore the harsh reality that emotionally we're really just fucked up. And that we need somebody to talk to. And that we need this diagnosis. And that we need somebody to be there. Somebody to tell us that it's okay to feel this way. You know, I've seen a lot of things in this life. I witnessed so much heartache. And, and not just for myself. 
I've watched other people, black people, break down and become versions of themselves that they don't even recognize, that I didn't even recognize. And you see, growing up and, and, and seeing all the things that I've seen, witnessing the things that I've witnessed, I completely understand why people turn to alcohol. I understand why people turn to drugs. That self-medication sometimes is the only thing that's consistent in your life. It's the only thing that makes sense to you. It's the only thing that never lets you down. I understand why people didn't make it out or don't want to make it out or can never envision in their mind a life outside of this. You see, as a community, we're broken in more ways than one. We aren't just broken in a sense of we can't really stick together. We're broken in a sense of sometimes it's so hard to pick up the pieces to our own life how can we come together for a, a greater cause? I'm just trying to get by. And I get it. Please don't ever think I don't get it. Y'all know the saying, you can't help somebody until you help yourself? That still reigns true now. We must first acknowledge that it is a problem within the black community. That's number one. Number two, we must make a conscious effort to get ourselves to a healthy state mentally, emotionally, physically in order to even have the emotional intelligence to communicate effectively as a unit. Because what we know is communication is everything in any relationship and that doesn't just include platonic and romantic that includes professional and communal as well it's well past the time we need to listen to understand versus listening to respond because when you listen to respond you miss the greater picture the greater purpose I've had healthy debates with people where I'm like well we can agree to disagree because I see your side though I disagree with it I understand how you came up with this conclusion and I think that as a community, we have a hard time accepting people who don't have the same idealism that we have. People who don't look the same that we do. People who don't walk the same that we do. People who don't talk the same that we do. When I was in high school, it was a constant battle of not being black enough. And that was crazy to me because I don't know how much more I can do or what else I can do to be more black. And you want to know why I don't know that? Because there is nothing more that I have to do to be considered more black. And I think it's crazy that we even have instances where somebody's quote unquote black card can be taken. Just another example of division. Instead of just embracing each other for who we are, whether it's the music we listen to, the clothes we decide to wear, the personality traits that we carry on why should my black card be in jeopardy because I don't like rap music or I don't care for hip-hop if I tell people my favorite genre of music is pop I'm getting the side eye but why and though that may seem like a very small trivial matter it's the little things that add up to be greater 
more damaging problems within our community. I've met so many black men who say they only date black women because black women think they're weird. And so that's a problem on both ends. What is it about him liking the things he likes that makes him quote unquote weird? It's just different from what you know. And what is it about two, three, four, hell, I don't care if it, if it was even 10 black women who said they thought you were weird. So you just throw off the whole race. It's, it's crazy to me. So like I said, it's things like this to keep us divided, which keeps us down because we're greater in numbers. But the root cause of it, all of it, we're hurting. Everybody's hurting. And nobody was taught how to deal with this pain in a positive way. So instead, we stand divided. Dear black people, it's time to wake the fuck up. And I don't mean wake up in a sense of how mass media tries to portray being woke or fake woke in today's society. It's time to wake the fuck up and realize that what it is we've been doing is not working. You know, the term don't fix it if it's broke. Well, it's been long since broke and we choose not to fix it because why? Some of y'all think all hope is lost and some of y'all tired of trying. Where does it end? When does it end? When do we say enough is enough? We sitting around here causing chaos and and, and we, we talking about it. We having these conversations. We marching. We preaching. We giving seminars. We coming together. We getting groups together. Organizations about how we being mistreated. But at what point do we demand respect? And I don't mean just demand respect from the enemy. Oh no. Demand respect from ourselves. From our neighbors. From our significant others. I think there's a big level of respect that's missing here. Is lacking and what I know and I don't know about y'all but what I know is when there's no respect there is no progression there's no leeway so peep this this is what I mean if you're in a relationship with somebody and they don't respect you this relationship is not gonna grow why because they don't care about your feelings they don't care about this relationship they don't care about the growth of this relationship they don't care about solving the problems they don't care if they hurt you or not because they don't respect you so what you think happen when you don't respect yourself and when you don't respect your neighbor when you don't respect your friends when you don't respect your family but i get it it's been a long time suffering it's been a long long time of suffering but when do we make the decision that we don't want to suffer anymore, right? And we don't want our kids to suffer and our grandkids to suffer and our nieces and nephews to suffer. My dad always told me he wanted more for his kids than he had for himself. And I think that that's important. But not just in the sense of our offspring. Because yes, 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 we should all want more for our kids than we want for ourselves. But now it's two sides to that because number one, some of y'all don't believe that y'all kids can have more than what y'all had, right? Some of y'all parents don't believe that you can have more than what they have. Some of y'all grandparents can't see how you can have more than what they have. And then on the other hand, for the ones that do see, for the ones that understand this concept and want to see it through, can we want more for our neighborhoods too? 
and I forgot who 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 said this, but they were basically saying like, you know, rappers get money and shit and they leave the hood and they just go um they go buy big houses and mansions in the suburbs and they don't help build up their communities. And I think that that's a problem. And no, we shouldn't just hold these celebrities to that standard. We need to hold ourselves. Why are we not building up our own communities? Why are we not wanting more? Why are we not stopping gun violence? And now, I don't believe in the black on black crime thing. I think that that, and that's some, I'm, I'm going to talk about it at a later day, but black on black crime, miss me with that. That's not even what this is about. But we need to stop the gun violence. We need to stop the sexual violence. We need to stop the physical violence. We need to stop the piss poor school system. We, we need to want more, not just for ourselves and our family. We need to want more for the community as a whole. And I really think that's what the problem is. It's like a dog-eat-dog world. We, we want it all for ourselves, But we, we don't want to see others win. And that's in every way. And for years, people have been saying, where is this generation's Martin Luther King? Where is this generation's Malcolm X? And I think that there are so many young intelligent, knowledgeable, wise, powerful, young black people, both men and women, um, that we have right now, even as influencers and not influencers, who have the power within them to change this community or at least start the race, you know, and, um, for whatever we choose not to. And I also think it's an issue with us feeling like it has to be one. It doesn't have to be one person that's leading the pack, that's leading the cause, right? It's so many of us who know that this issue exists already and are willing to make the change, but yet and still we neglect to come together to make this possible. If we had one fighter from every state, one from every state, we could really start this movement. And I'm talking about a movement on a grand scale, nothing like the civil rights movement, nothing like the Black Lives Matter movement. This is a movement that is not focused on what other people are doing to us, but more so what we are doing to ourselves, right? We are so far past, like, the expiration date of needing to focus on ourselves. Like, I just feel like we don't really focus on ourselves. Um, because even when we start a cause that is centered around the black community, somehow some other community, race, ethnicity, like gets all entangled with what we got going on. And I'm all for inclusivity. I'm all for diversity. But at what point, do we focus on ourselves? So when I started my self-love and healing journey, and this is just me as a person, I'm just using this as an example. When I started my self-love healing journey, when I started my spiritual journey, I didn't try to enlist other people who I felt like needed it as well. No, I first of all had to get to a level in this journey in order for people to even see what it is that I was doing. Number one. Then, number two, I was able to start to share with other people, you know, different things that we 
I guess, like related with and how I was able to combat that with my spiritual journey, with my self-love and my healing journey. And now I can see these people implementing these things and wanting to change it themselves. So I said all that to say it starts from within your own house. And I don't feel like at any moment in time where we completely focused on our own house. Meaning the problems that live within our community. And as I mentioned before, this ain't about no black on black crime. This ain't about that. It's bigger than that. The late great Tupac said, I never did a crime I have to do. Unless unpack that. Because a lot of quote unquote criminals commit these crimes, robbing, selling drugs, because they genuinely feel like there's no other way. Yeah, some of them do it because they want to be a part of the street life. Some of them do it because they think the shit is cool, it's funny, it's whatever. But a, a lot of motherfuckers I know really ain't never did a crime they ain't have to do. It's hard out here. It's really hard out here. And I've also seen a certain demographic of black people who did not live the struggle in a sense. Um, they may, we all have lived the, the racial struggle, right? But not everybody has lived the financial struggle, the poverty written struggle. And so they, they don't understand, but I do. I understand why some people become drug dealers and start selling drugs because it's the only job option that you you feel like you ever knew that you ever seen you don't think you can't be an attorney you think i i wasn't good enough to play football and basketball so i can't do this you don't think you can be a doctor you know what i'm saying you don't think you can be a space scientist you don't think you can be a neurosurgeon you don't think you can be a ceo because you don't know nothing about that because nobody around you ever did that and nobody around you ever told you you could be that when we was in elementary school, well, what, what all the teachers tell us? You can be the president of the United States if you want to. But then you grow up and you going through the school system and y'all barely got enough money for, for, for books. We sharing books in class. So it's just kind of like, what is it exactly that I feel like I'm learning or I'm being taught or is being presented to me to make me really believe I can be president of this United States? There's nothing. There's nothing. We got to fix our community, man. So I got to ask you. And I want you to really, really, really think about this. What tangible steps can you take today to better your community? Let's just start there. The community you, you live in. The community you grew up in. Let's not start big trying to save the world. But what is it that you can do? This real, literal, physical, tangible steps to help change the community around you. And before you answer that, unpack this. Do you want to change the community around you? Do you even see this as an issue? Or are you just okay getting through life the way you've been getting through life? Because your only priority is to focus on you and not the people around you. Whether we realize it or not, everybody around us, everybody we come in contact with, every conversation we have, we all connected in some way. 
And whether we do good or whether we do bad, it indirectly affects everyone and everything around you. It truly saddens my heart to see black men and black women going against each other on the internet all the time on a consistent basis to devalue one another. But you know what we really doing? We just devaluing the community as a whole. We giving every other community who ever thought less of us more ammunition to keep thinking so. It didn't make you better. It didn't make them better. It degraded us all. <laughs> Truth be told. And we got to remember that our sons and daughters are watching. These little black boys and little black girls are watching. We are the example for the next generation, just like the previous generation was an example for us. And through the good, the bad, and the indifferent, we've learned things that have advanced us from this previous generation. And we've learned things that unfortunately have kept us down. So think about the next time you speak out online against somebody within your own community, whether they're not black enough or whether you think the opposite gender is worthless. Remember that your sons and daughters are watching and we are conditioning them to believe the absolute same thing. And at the end of it all, nobody wins. And why does nobody win? Because yet again, our community has a problem. And our ignorance continues to create generational curses because we're unwilling to change. Are you willing to change? My name is Kiana Breanne, and this is the House of Trauma podcast. I'll see you next week.